Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. And welcome Matty Panos. What can you say? The king, the man of the moment. What, what else can you say? Matty, thank you for joining us tonight. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Yeah, what can we say? Oh, no worries, guys. Thanks for thanks for having thanks, me on. Thanks, mate. Matty, we're going to go right back to where you started your juniors, and and how did you get to the parade? Um, oh, probably a bit different to most. I didn't really start playing footy till I was maybe in like year eight or nine. Um, I think I had one. Yeah, I played soccer and tennis sort of growing up. They were the two sports: tennis in summer and soccer in winter. And always keep the footy. Um, like I went to St Joseph's Heathville, so I always keep the footy with. Um, the guys and girls there and had a park next to my house. So um, I'd keep the footy with dad as well as soccer and it had tennis courts as well. So um, I was obsessed with sport from a young age. So I was at the park pretty much every day um, straight after school and mum and dad would have to come and get me for dinner. And then with daylight savings, I'd probably go after dinner as well. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I really started playing until uh, properly until sort of like yeah year nine at Ross Trevor and then a few of my mates were playing at Norwood um, like Tom Jonas was the same age Paul Fantasia who's with dad's James at Norwood yep. now um, they were at Ross Trevor and at Norwood as well so I think it was maybe under 15s they told me to come out and played in like a light, a lightning carnival where you play sort of three games and do a little bit of training and then um, probably started to develop into a better footballer than I was at soccer. So there was a few years, sort of, yeah, year nine, 10, maybe even year 11, I was playing both. I played soccer um, on the Sunday, so I didn't really have a club. I played a few games for Paynham because those boys and um, a few others played for Paynham, which was a pretty successful team. I think Gab Roberts, Jesse O'Brien, Lewis Johnson were, were in that team as that's well a, as... That's you know, a fair side. Mm. Yeah, Kieran Holland was at... at uh, Rossi as well so I just sort of floated in and played with them <laughs> whenever I wanted which was um, good fun so yeah Payton were, were really accepting although I didn't really play heaps of games there throughout the years because I was still playing yeah soccer on the Sunday um, and then yeah from there sort of went into under 15s and 17s and 90s 19s um, as it was back then and then sort of changed as I was getting into under 18s but just basically played at Ross Trevor and, and Nord and that was pretty much it. Fantastic. And, and mate, just moving ahead, obviously, to this year, uh, you know, come, coming back from injury in round eight, uh, you know, you play nine games uh, for eight wins. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good strike rate. Yeah, it wasn't um, 
I didn't really know how this year would go, to be honest, because when you're sort of watching for a year or a year and a half and you see what everyone else is doing and when you're running laps and I'm, I'm watching training as I'm running laps, it's I'm so, almost thinking, like, how can I get back to this level? And it feels like they're going – when you watch, sometimes you think it's a lot harder than when you're actually out there and in the moment. Um, Tom, yeah, watching training – um, running laps, you know, three times a week, thinking, shit, how the hell am I supposed to get back to this level? And guys are, you know, throwing themselves at each other. And training's pretty physical uh, with twig and hard and a lot of contested work and tackling and sort of fast drills. Um, so, yeah, I was probably lacking a little bit of confidence. But once I started training and getting back into it, um, before my first game, I knew that I was ready to go. I'd done probably four or five weeks of full training. Um and then in that Crows game, I just wanted to get through the game. I didn't really care about playing well. I thought, you know, if I kick a goal, that would be awesome. If we get a win, that would be amazing. Um, we're playing the top team um, who are red hot. I didn't expect much. And, you know, the coaching group just said just to sort of play and um, you know, not think about it too much and just not try and get through the game. But you know, no pressure to think that, you know, I need to perform <laughs> and try and be at my best because I don't really know what that is yep. anymore um, after such a long time. And was probably more of a midfielder where, you know, this, this year probably played more forward than I did mid. So, yep. you know, roles change, people around me. I don't really haven't played with many of the players. So, um, yeah, no, there was a bit of freedom and freedom and I guess not too much pressure from the coaching staff so- and other players to expect me to um you know, perform at a high level. So Twiggy gave you a little bit of licence to move about wherever you liked? Uh, a little bit. He wanted me probably to stay more forward, but said yep. had freedom to, yep. um, you know, go into centre bounces. And if I wanted to play for you a little bit in the midfield and we rotate as a forward line um, a fair bit so I can play deep or a bit higher, mm-hmm. occasionally come into stoppage. And it's a bit more about a system rather than, you know, I'm not just going to, or someone isn't just going to play deep the whole time yep. out of the goal square and other people aren't going to play up high the whole time. And, you know, we sort of move around a bit. So yeah, it gave me freedom and, you know, it takes a bit to get used to which players to swap with and uh, who likes what positions and that sort of stuff. But yeah, he certainly gave me the license to, to control what I, you know, how I wanted to go. If I was really tired then you know, sit deep or if I felt good, we had a bit of momentum, maybe, you know, keep pushing and get up around the midfield. And then the last five minutes was pretty surreal. Of uh, that, of of that game, game against, yeah. Against yeah, game. I was, um, yeah, I, it was crazy because we had lost a few close games over that sort of 18 months and um, thought, you know, we'd had a good crack, but I knew if we got a goal that, you know, momentum in the home crowd and even though there was probably only a couple of thousand, it felt like a lot of people and then Connor kicked a couple of good goals um, to get us right in it. And then, uh, yeah, I guess getting the ball outside 50 and the guy on the mark starts running back to sort of cover the goal. <laughs> it was bizarre. Works out well. It was like you had uh, COVID, mate. You told them all you had COVID yeah. and they were all running away. <laughs> all running away. So, yeah, just sort of seize a moment of could see that they, were, they weren't looking and folding back and to get it on quick. Um, and then, yeah, it was almost, yeah, like a fairy tale. Probably... At the time, probably the best goal I've ever kicked. <laughs> now it's probably the second best goal I've ever kicked. But it was, oh, yeah, like the crowd and just everything that I've been through in it those, was cr- what, six, 630 days or whatever they they said it was, was, uh, like yeah, absolutely incredible. And it was pretty good being with you that night. It was 
pretty just quiet satisfaction from you that night. Uh, yeah, the grin was pretty wide as it should have been. Uh, Matty, yeah. Matty, let's go back over to the, the Western Bulldogs days where they had a really weird system. Go through it, explain to hopefully our listeners um, about what happened, you know, where you, where you had to play. Yeah, so I got drafted at the end of 09. So, yeah, the start of the 2010 season, we had um, – or the Western Bulldogs were affiliated with Williamstown. So it was a, a bit different now. Most of the teams are standalone. So I think Richmond are now and yeah. the Bulldogs have Footscray. Um, I think maybe Carlton as well. But most of the teams had affiliates um, with like a local club. So it would be like the Crows being assigned to Justin Norwood and all um, – but yeah, it's a bit different when you more and more, it's most but, of the most of them are standalone now. Now, yeah. So, and then part of that rule with, I think the VFL and the club, so Williamstown and the Bulldogs, was that they could only play twelve AFL players in the team in the senior team. So, uh, going over as a rookie and normally all the young first year players, you know, if they had eighteen people available, some weeks six guys had to play in the reserve so yeah the equivalent to like you know the waffle uh, the vfl reserve so you're on an afl list hoping to play afl but you're not even playing vfl you're playing vfl reserves and um you know that that first year we had a pretty good run of injuries at the bulldogs i think they uh, made the prelim um and went went deep into finals so i think i'll probably play 10 or 12 games in the twos as did a lot of other Christian Howard was a first round draft pick. He was playing in the reserves. Luke Dowhouse the next year was doing the same thing and these guys went on to play AFL, but um Liam Jones was the same. So it was yeah, pretty broken system. And as a rookie, if you had um you basically had to wait till someone was out for the whole year to get elevated, but there's five of you trying to get elevated for that one spot and um, if you'd been playing in the reserves, then it's you know you need to try and build form in the seniors before then, even thinking about playing AFL. But you know the experience was really good over the three years in that first year. The forward line that I was competing with was like Barry Hall, Brad Johnson, Jason Ackermanis, Bob Murphy, Sean Higgins, Mitch Hunt, Daniel Jones, Syracuse. So there's some pretty, it's pretty strong cool style, names. Absolutely. Yeah, very strong stuff. But even just to to be yeah. around them you know, day to day and, and learn from them stuff that, you know, they talked to me about and taught me, um, you know, 10, 12, what, yes, 12 years ago, I still, you know, try and use in my game at the moment, which is, although I guess it didn't go my way in those three years, I've still learned a fair bit that, that have made me into a good player today. Yep. On the development. Absolutely. And uh, obviously coming back to Adelaide and, and winning the 2014 uh, Jack Odie medal, uh, you know, what does that mean to you? Uh, oh, it means a lot and meant a lot at the time as well because I came back in 2013 and got injured just before finals and then missed out on the flag. So, you know, 2012 I was in, in Melbourne wishing that I was back playing at Norwood and they win the flag and then being back and then being injured and missing out, um, even though I was only 21 or yeah, it would have been 22. It's, you know, still hurts even though I was pretty young. And then um, it was almost like a bit of redemption for me to to try and win one. And, you know, the whole build-up playing against Port, first one at Adelaide Oval, 40,000. They had 19 listed players. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, being able to win by, yeah, under under a goal as well and then to win the Jack Odys, oh, absolutely amazing. It's something I'll cherish forever. But even before 
it was just, yeah, it was just all about winning, and it was a pretty special group, and still good mates with uh, all the guys, really. Yep. Compare the two flags uh, you've played in, Noz. Oh, it's two like ten out of tens. I don't know if you can. I'd probably yeah, it's it's super hard because you've got that with the. No, I didn't mean in terms of comparing them ability wise, but just the reactions. You know, almost ball being the senior figure this year. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it was probably a bit of redemption in both almost because this was, you know, missing two yep. years. But knowing that it's it's been eight years, 31, nearly 32, and what I've been through, it, it probably meant a bit more deep down um, and what I've been able to bring to the group, particularly since round eight. Um, and, yeah, the group is so young, so just f- feeling like that older sort of dad of the group. Um, yeah, it is it's really special and just you know speaking to the guys after the game and well, I guess how they sort of like look up to me as well makes it you know even more special that we're able to do it um when I guess no one probably thought that we'll be able to get there your parents on grand final night Paul and Mickey I may have been leading a fair few of the Nord faithful in congratulating the two of them for creating you uh creating the king on grand final night. Uh, <laughs> look, I no. obviously knew your dad, but I hadn't met your mum, and I was a bit worried how she'd take me. I think she thought, oh, this guy's a bloody idiot, but at least she was laughing about it as well. So, yeah, it was good fun. Oh, no, they're, they're good. They they love getting around the people. Dad will talk to anyone, so he's probably spoken to every person. That's, a, that's an old member. They probably all know who he is. But, um, no, they've supported me from the start, and... Um, it was pretty hard when I was on crutches for six to eight weeks and they're driving me to work and picking me up every day, um, even, you know, last year. So I think good reward for them. Oh, it was sure fantastic. Enjoy, enjoyed the night as well. Mm. Oh, look, I think, yeah, you know, it would have been a very interesting competition for the uh, biggest grin in terms of from your mum and Sonia Carroll from the uh, parent <laughs> side of things. Oh, Sonia was in very good form. Yes. I think she would probably be number one. <laughs> and, uh, and mate, just to finish us off, uh, I'm sure you've probably heard it a million times or you might have seen the footage, but we do have a little bit of audio here and I'm sure the Nord Faithful wouldn't mind listening to it one more time. They've worked their way through qualifying final loss into a first semi-win, into a prelim. Now they've got a oh, chance. If anyone can stand up, it's Matthew. Oh, my God, Mr. Magic has done it. No one in front. Mate, still gives me goosebumps now. Oh, yeah, it's still... um, I still can't believe it, to be honest. But, yeah, I think so does commentaries. Um, Unbelievable. So, it's yeah, it still gives me goosebumps as well, as I'm sure it does to a a lot of people. Oh, so does nailed it. Um, Yeah. And, look, I'm I'm still the same, Noz, that... You know, just still walking around smiling, just thinking still about it seems a bit ridiculous, but it's just still huge as far as I'm concerned. I think personally, too, as a Nord supporter, you know, been around been around a while, I think this is the first ever flag we won where we were the massive underdogs. You know, probably not the best side in ability, but just kept having a crack. And, you know, the inner belief probably born from that game against Adelaide where we just kept going. And, yeah, to come from behind in both the prelim final where the rain came just in time and the grand final, it's still just huge. 
Yeah, I think, or well, I, yes, I'm still pinching myself about it as well, and probably hasn't fully sunk in, and might not for for a few more weeks. But um, oh, I completely agree. It's almost sort of the story of our year when you know we didn't start very well, lost a few games, a couple of close ones at the start of the year. And yeah, probably from the Crows game, and then the we lost to North, and but then beat Port. I think after that, it sort of started the run, and almost every game was like we were underdogs and needed to win to stay in touch with finals and it was, you know, to consolidate top five and then we needed to keep winning to try and get top three. Um, and then the same thing in the finals, Glenelg were down at quarter time, Crows were down for most of the game um, and then, yeah, grand final, what happened in the last sort of five minutes sort of typified our year and prob- or probably second half of the year and how much belief and um, growth we've, an improvement we've had because yeah we're probably not the most talented team don't have the big names and AFL names like other clubs do but you know we believe in the system and believe in what Twig's telling us and and our way of playing and yeah it, it really stood up in September which was awesome. Look Niles I'm still absolutely dumbfounded that you weren't picked up again after 2014. Yeah I agree. I will quote a Pretty well-respected AFL figure. Malcolm, every AFL recruiter should be shot. Panos isn't just a number on the end of a list. He's elite. And personally, that absolutely nails it. I think most of Nord supporters would agree too. Greatly appreciated, oh, Noz. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. No. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Noz. Cheers. Thank you.